with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And the snow continues to fall rather lightly outside our studio here at Quebec and 3rd on a Wednesday morning. Alan Wishart in the host chair, Steve on the board, giving us a quick wave. And we're ready to get things going. Starting, we're going to start talking, I, well, I guess it's sort of sports. The Spruce Kings, Prince George Spruce Kings show home, Liz Bennett is the person who's running it again this year. Good morning, Liz. Good morning. How are you? Not, well... Not too bad yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good. <laughs> good. So now, first question, although I suspect most people who have followed the Spruce King show home in the past will be able to take a, a pretty good guess. Where is the home located this year? It is in Aberdeen Glen subdivision, mm-hmm. again, like mm-hmm. five houses down from where it was last year oh. um, at 2818 Link Drive. Okay. And so now, this is... As you said, this were five houses down from last year. How do you know offhand about how many Spruce King show homes are in that neighborhood at this point? I don't know that neighborhood like that mm-hmm. exact. Um, I'm probably going to guess o- over nine. Wow. Um, but I'm not exactly sure yeah. the number. I know we're on our fortieth house <laughs> altogether this year. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but I don't know how when they started being in that area. Yeah, and I mean it's it's a great area to be in, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. It's like it's got the benefits of being in the heart without being all the way up the heart. Yeah, um, and you're right beside a golf course, which is beautiful, yes, which a lot of people enjoy. Yeah, and it's nice and quiet. Like it's a very yeah. quiet area. Yeah, except of course for the occasional golf ball coming through your front window. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that hasn't happened to one of ours so far oh, that I know of. <laughs> We're across the street, so at least that saves you a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Now, are the tickets on sale yet? Yes, they are. Okay. And they went on sale last Friday. Okay. Now, how do people get them, and how much do they cost for the home itself? For the home itself, it's $125 per ticket, mm-hmm. and you can get them at ca is the easiest, quickest way for you to do it right now. Um, or between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. daily, you can visit us at the house. Uh, we'll have staff there at 2818 Links Drive. Um, you can also phone one eight five five nine six two 962 iwin And we will have Canadian Tire as a location for ticket selling, just not quite yet. Okay. So all kinds of different ways to do it. And I guess the next question then is, when is the draw for the home? April 29th, 2022. Okay. So you've got a bit so, of time. Yeah, you don't have to run out and buy your tickets right now, although it wouldn't hurt. Yes. Because <laughs> then you won't forget about And the biggest problem, if you will, not from your point of view, obviously, is the tickets won't be sold out if you go out right now. True. That's a really lucky thing. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you guys have sold out the last few years, haven't you? Yeah. Prior to that, we hadn't. But um, last year we sold out, and the year before that we sold out. Um, we've had a couple sellout years now, Good. which is very, very great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now... I, especially last year, right in the middle of COVID and everything, were you surprised? Were you and the rest of the people on the committee kind of surprised that you did sell out in the middle of COVID? Well, it's funny because I think people, like from the very beginning of last year, people kept telling me that I would have a different job ahead, but I'd never done the position. So mm-hmm. I didn't know what a non-COVID year looked like. Okay. <laughs> um, so I didn't have a reference point that was like, 
what a regular, in quotation marks, year would be. So for myself, um, I felt like community spirit was really high last year, and people felt inclined to support local and wanted to keep dollars local and weren't traveling, um, so people had a little bit of extra money. Mm -hmm. So I thought from the very start that Prince George was going to rally behind us and we were going to have a sellout. I didn't really have a doubt about it, but people people on the committee, (laughs) other people definitely did. (laughs) Yeah, well, again, it was something nobody had ever had before so nobody totally. knew what the reaction was going to be and and the year prior we did have an extension like mm. from march of 2020 when covid began right um our ticket numbers were not where they needed to be in order to sell out or right. to be able to make money for the team yeah. and so we had an extension and so we did have a sell out that year but we also had extended so i think we didn't know what regular year yeah. amid covid might be okay now the home is open, as you say, from 11 to 5 daily. Now, is that seven days a week? Yeah, seven okay. days a week. Uh, minus Christmas Day. We're not going to oh, be open on Christmas. What? Come on. <laughs> I want my ticket sellers to like me. <laughs> okay. Now, what are some of the features of the home? What are some of the things people are going to see when they go to the home? Okay, so from my perspective, I know I loved last year's kitchen. This year's kitchen is like a, it's a stunner. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. We we keep going back and forth about what color to actually call it. And I feel like people just need to look online or go in person to see the color themselves. But um, on paper, it's called a hunter green, but we think it looks more emerald green. It's a beautiful kitchen color um, for the cabinets. Yeah. And it kind of looks like, you know, those quintessential family homes that would be in the movies, like a Christmas movie where all the little kids' heads would pop out their bedroom doors Christmas morning? Yeah. Um, it totally has that look. Like that, um, uh, the upper hallway just feels like what you'd imagine as like the perfect family home. So all the bedrooms are all sort of off that main hallway then? Yeah, we do have an office. Well, it's technically a bedroom on the main floor or the mm-hmm. basement level. Right. But, um, but the other bedrooms are all upstairs, and they are all in the same hallway and just very cute. Yeah. Okay. Now, you were saying family with all the kids' heads poking out. Let's yeah. get to the most important thing then. How many bathrooms are in this home? <laughs> there are three bathrooms. Oh. Um, one is an ensuite, and mm-hmm. it is a gorgeous ensuite. Um, and then there's a bathroom on the lower level and another bathroom on the upper level. Okay. So that should keep everybody happy in the early yeah. morning when everybody gets up. Yeah. <laughs> now, is there much, I, I'm just going to jump at this point, is there much of a yard? Because I know some of the houses up there do not have a lot of space for yards. How is this house set up? This is in the same category as that. Okay. <laughs> the house is stunning, and I don't talk much about the yard. <laughs> okay. But, but the way you put it, Liz, is you say you will not need to spend much time on taking care of the yard. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's five minutes to mow it, and that's done. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Now, what else is there? Like, And again, I'm trying to remember. Now, this house, it's fully furnished. When people go through it, do the furnishings yep. come with the house? They do. Oh. Yeah. Fully furnished by Theory at Home, and mm-hmm. it is beautiful furnishings. They've done a great yeah. job this year, and as now, they do every year. <laughs> and I, think, I seem to recall in previous years, especially with the Spruce King's home, there is usually like a weight room. Well, it may not be designated as a weight room, but there is a room that's got like some weight equipment in it. And I know in the past that the weight equipment has not necessarily come with the house. Yeah, we don't have that room this okay. year, so there's no question about everything in the house comes with the house. Okay. Um, 
minus the garage, our ticket sellers, equipment, and like we have a lot of equipment in the garage, but yes. otherwise everything inside from the garage door on comes with the house, and there is no weight room this year. Okay. Now, how big is the garage? Is it the standard two-car garage that they seem to have yeah. over there? Okay. It's 660 square feet. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's big. <laughs> it's um, two cars length or, like, width-wise, mm-hmm. and then another car length-wise. So okay. it's quite quite good. You could store, like, a quad or some mm-hmm. equipment in addition to two vehicles. Okay. Now, I know I was out at the home last year. Yeah. And it almost looked like you could have put, if you'd wanted to, you could have almost put a very small office or something in the garage at that end as well. Yeah, totally. If you wanted to. Yeah. It's, it's, we have a heater in the garage um, mm-hmm. that would keep it pretty warm. I don't think it would be the ideal place to work. but if no. you cause, And the house is quite lovely, yeah. but I work in the garage quite often right now, mm-hmm. and I find it comfortable <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it would be sort of thing where, say, during the summer you might not mind being out there because it's probably going to be a little bit cooler. Totally. Yep. Now, the, so we've got the tickets for the home mm-hmm. and the the draw for the home is April 29th, but I know you guys don't usually like to just go sell the tickets, one draw, and that's it. Correct. You guys have got some other draws coming up, I'm thinking. Yeah, so we have three additional draws for the house plus oh. two mega 50-50 Okay, draws. yeah. Yeah. So, you want to hear all about them? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Okay, so our first mega uh, early bird jackpot, uh, early bird draw is a uh, or $2,500 value, and it's 100 tickets to the mega 50-50 jackpot number one. Ah, so someone okay. will get their name in the barrel 100 times yep. for that 50-50. Yep. Um, that one's going to be December 31st um, that it's drawn, so cutoff will be two days earlier on December 29th. Right. And then the next one is a ski and stay package at Hudson Bay Lodge in Smithers mm-hmm. and ski passes to Hudson Bay Mountain for two people for two nights, um, which I think is really fun. Yeah. And then we have a barbecue from um, Canadian Tire worth $699 is our final early bird draw, and that one will be March 25th. Okay. And so now when is the one for the Hudson Bay Lodge thing? Ski and stay is, uh, I'm scared, I just, forgot um okay. february i'm gonna say february 4th <laughs> okay somewhere in there though but so yeah early february <laughs> okay so it's basically a month and a little bit between each of the early board early bird draws yeah about six weeks okay and again the nice thing is with the first early bird draw not being until december 31st you can get somebody a ticket for christmas and totally. they don't have to worry about having to go back and check names and numbers and everything later totally now how would i'm just wondering how does that happen when you draw the ticket you phone the person correct yes okay so i was thinking because if somebody had gotten a ticket for christmas and they hadn't opened it yet obviously mm-hmm. and the first draw was say december 22nd they get a phone call on december 22nd from you saying you just won this early bird draw and they're kind of going i didn't buy a ticket <laughs> Last year, I got a couple emails being like, oh, no, somebody, emailed, I got a ticket and I didn't do it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> almost every time it was a gift. Well, every time it was okay. somebody else had purchased a gift and, and emailed it to them yeah. all, too early or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was a surprise. Yeah. Okay. So, and now you were saying there's two mega 50-50 draws as well. And one of them, obviously, is tied in directly to the first early bird draw. Yes. Um, so that one will be February 18th, it's drawn, so mm-hmm. cutoff will be February 16th, and it's going to be $150,000. Right. And same with 
the last one will be drawn April 29th, and it'll also be $150 or $150,000. And this is because it's our 50th anniversary. We decided to do $150,000. Okay. Yeah. And now with the 50-50 draws, in, like, I think you said last year was your first year. How did the 50-50 draws do in terms of reaching the maximum they were allowed? They both sold out. Wow. They, um, yeah, they did well. It was actually funny. I sent an email out when we were at um, like 160000 in the total pot. Yeah. Um, which meant that, because uh, last year we were only doing $100,000. Yeah. And within 48 hours, we sold out $40,000 worth of tickets. Jeez. So, it goes fast. When once it's moving, it just like picks up like crazy. And it was similar the last last early bird we sold or last fifty fifty we sold out quite a few weeks in advance. Yeah. And that was like we said tickets are moving and and within yeah. a couple of days they were all gone. And I guess that's the thing that people have to remember is the show home tickets and the fifty fifty draw tickets. It's not like you guys can say, gee, we're selling really well. Let's go print a whole bunch more. No, you're limited nope. to how many tickets you've got. Yeah, exactly. So if you don't get them, maybe not early. Like, I'm not saying you got to run over there today, although it probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Although, drive careful because the road yes. could be a little bit iffy today. But um, get your tickets early just to avoid disappointment, as they say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People are so upset if they miss it. Oh. and. We have the draws for months, or like the tickets for sale for months. So it's yeah. really sad when somebody's like, "Oh crap, I just totally <laughs> missed that." But yeah. Yeah. So the key dates then are the first early bird draw is December thirty first. Then you got the second early bird draw. Let's just say beginning of February. Yeah. Mega fifty fifty February the eighteenth. Uh, the third early bird draw, March 25th, and then the house draw and the second mega 50, April 29th. Yes. So on that day, you get to make two different phone calls. Oh, my gosh. Most exciting day ever. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, telling someone they want a house is not a little tiny thing. <laughs> now, last year, when you were calling the people about the different prizes, were any of the, did you get the feeling some of them were sitting by the phone just kind of hoping they would get the call or did all of them sound as if it was like wow well it's funny i like none of them sounded like they were waiting for the call no okay um, they all sounded shocked and one of them so much so that she didn't sound excited at all she was just like stunned she was like <laughs> oh what like what like Oh, that's nice. Like, it was so calm. And then once, like, two hours later, she was at the house seeing that this is her house. And then she was like, oh, my God, like, this is a real thing. But it definitely was, like, so shocking that maybe it hadn't hit her yet. Like, just like, oh, my gosh, I really want a house. (laughs) Because I guess for a lot of people, they buy the ticket, and they're not necessarily buying the ticket to win. They're buying the ticket to support the team. Totally. And we we love people who purchase for both reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Liz, again, where can people get tickets for the show home and for the 50-50 draws? I assume it's the same places for both of them. Yes. Yeah, you can purchase either anywhere that you purchase. You can go to sprucekingshowhome.ca mm-hmm. or visit us at 2818 Lynx Drive in the Aberdeen Glen subdivision. Or you can call one eight five five nine six two 962 iwin Okay. And, again, what are the hours that the house is open? 11 a.m. until 5 p.m. daily. Okay. Liz Bennett with the Spruce King Show Home. Thank you very much for taking the time to bring us up to date on what's happening over there. Thank you so much. Okay. Take a quick break and be back with more after 9. 
Hi, I'm Timmy, the host of the daily feature, the Onstage Spotlight, your way of keeping informed about performers and performances happening throughout the Prince George area. I'll be highlighting artists from all musical genres, both local and from around the world. I'll be featuring not only their music, but concert details and interesting insights into the music industry. So join me weekdays at 8.30, 11.30, and 3.30, Saturdays at 9.30 and 12.30, and Sundays at 12.30. That's the Onstage Spotlight, only on CFIS FM 93.1. Contracted staff are going to be conducting targeted wildfire mitigation work in the city of Prince George. Fire fuel mitigation will take place in the Malaspina area starting in late December, around Broddy Road in mid-January, and in the Paderni Recreation Site near the end of January. Each operation will take about 30 days, during which access to the areas may be restricted. Citizens are encouraged to follow all signage located near the work sites. For more information, visit the news link at princegeorge.ca. The Prince George Council of Seniors is in high gear preparing for this year's Christmas Hamper Project. Applications for hampers will be accepted until Friday, December 3rd. New applicants must come into the Seniors Resource Center to apply with photo ID, proof of residence, and documentation proving income. Donations of cash or grocery store gift cards are being accepted until Wednesday, December 15th. Donations can be mailed to the Resource Center or dropped off Monday through Thursday between 10 and 2 at 721 Victoria Street. Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy today, snow this morning, changing to snow mixed with rain late this afternoon. Winds from the south at 40, gusting to 60, and a high of plus 1. Cloudy tonight with a 60% chance of showers this evening. Gusting south winds continuing, the temperature rising to plus 3. For Thursday, cloudy, becoming a mix of sun and cloud. More gusting south winds and a high of 8. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Oh, we got a few things to chat about. I'm going to start with one. I just asked Steve if he knew this, and he was kind of like, no, which is the reaction I've gotten from almost everybody I've talked to. The sign in front of CN Center, the big electronic sign, Steve, you were saying you didn't realize that it was broken. Well, I, I don't really look at it when I go by. No, well, of course, since... Obviously, probably because it wasn't flashing. Well, yeah, I mean, there was absolutely nothing to display after CN Center closed in, you know, April or whatever it was, 2020. But it turns out the sign itself, I guess, actually broke in late 2019, not 1919. That would have been a long time to leave without repairs. But it came up at City Council Monday evening, Mm. and they've decided to spend $150,000 to repair the sign. Because, again, hey, we've got events going on now at CN Center. Because, again, the last couple of months, it sort of threw me because I go by there on a reasonably regular basis. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, like, it used to be always up for Cougars games, if nothing else. And and then I was thinking, you know, um, what was it was over there recently? Studio Fair. I was thinking, okay, why didn't they have something up for Studio Fair? Well, it turns out, of course, they couldn't because it was broken. Okay. But they were mentioning again, and I I guess... um, Adam Davy, I think is his name, with the city, was saying it's actually a requirement of their agreement with the Cougars that that sign be operational. Because that's what they use to advertise the Cougars games. Mm -hmm. So they've got to get it up and running. And Glenn Mickelson was noting as well, but they are starting to get uh, some other concerts and sports events. The, The one sports event that he mentioned, big surprise here. Women's World Curling Championships. Absolutely. Yeah, so get the thing up there because, again, tickets are on sale now. 
And we've got a couple of concerts coming up beginning of next year over at CN Center now as well. Um, was it Simple Plan? Or, or the Offspring, I guess, are the headliners in Simple Plan. Mm-hmm. And then the one that was just announced yesterday was Dallas Smith. So you've got a couple of concerts. You've got other events going on. Um, that was the other event that I was a little bit surprised wasn't on there, was uh, FanCon. Northern FanCon, because they ran it, what, September, I want to say? Sound they don't run it? advertising? Well, they usually would have it out on the uh, thing, though, because it's an event that's at CN Center. And uh, they've already announced what their dates are for next year. So they, I don't, I'm not saying, they, you know, if they get it repaired, say, next week, I'm not saying they will put Northern FanCon up there right away. But it's mm-hmm. one that they will keep in mind as something that they can uh, use the sign for as we go along. And what was the thing that I noticed? Oh, another thing that came up on Monday evening at the council meeting, which has sort of a sports relationship, if you will, was they have decided to um, take bids, if you will, on naming rights for the new pool downtown. I mean, they've got CN Center and you've got Rolling Mix Concrete Arena. So, I mean, they've already done it for those two, so it makes sense to do it for the new pool. So that's a priority, is it? Well, it's something that they would like to have. And again, it'll be some revenue for the city because it's something that you get. It, you don't just get a one-time payment. It's They pay it every year over the period of the contract. And my first thought when I looked at that in The Citizen this morning was, wouldn't it be neat if it was, say, uh, Brunswick Billiard and Pool? <laughs> No, you don't no. think so? No, I don't think so. I like that idea. It's not, it kind of just flows. Okay, never mind. Um, but, oh, and it has been confirmed now by the BC Hockey League. Um, they've done a fair bit of juggling, obviously, with all the roads still impassable down mm-hmm. south. Uh, the Spruce Kings will be in Vernon Friday. We would mentioned that yesterday. I didn't think it had been confirmed yet. It has now been confirmed. And their next home game is scheduled, and I'd say there's a good chance this one will go through. Uh, Penticton is here next Wednesday, so a week from today, December the 1st. But I don't know if you had heard this. Apparently, the lower mainland is supposed to get a whole bunch more rain this weekend. Well, lots, yeah. Well, I mean, they've got a storm that's supposed to hit tomorrow. Yeah. But... um the meteorologist was saying there's one more behind that, <laughs> which could be the worst of the three. Oh, lovely. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was Highway 1 through the Fraser Canyon. That is some time away before yeah. that reopens. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're basically saying almost every highway down there, it's going to be a while before they get them fully repaired. There's going to be a lot of places where you're going to be like single lane or drive very carefully. Well, especially Coquihalla. They're oh. expecting 25 to 30 new centimeters. So. Yeah. But yeah. it's going to be a while. Yeah, and again, with the Coke, of course, the other thing there is you're now getting into the snow season. Well, I can't believe they're clear-cutting above the highway. Sorry? Clear-cutting above the highway, the Coke. I mean, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. But, uh, no, it's uh, it's going to be interesting because I guess the people in Vancouver are kind of rejoicing probably to some extent now because, oh, my goodness, we can actually visit the rest of the province if we want to. For a while, though, they couldn't. Mm-hmm. They were basically cut off. But, uh, no, but 
as we were saying, it's I'm trying to remember who it was. It was one of the cabinet ministers was saying at this point, just as quickly as they could, they'd identified, I think it was either three or five main areas of the Coquihalla that needed repairs right now Mm -hmm. before they could really even open it fully. And then the rest of it's going to take, well, probably years, really. It's a mess. Yeah. Because, again, the problem with so many of these highways is it's not something where you can work on it 12 months of the year. Well, not when you're going through the mountains. No. You know. No. But even now on the... uh, some of the other areas, like I haven't heard anything from Merritt the last couple of days. I know well, some Merritt, um, so many people have been allowed back mm-hmm. in one area of Merritt. Yeah. Um, the other two main areas are totally shut off. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, their, their systems are back up and running. They're good. They got that up and running and they showed people coming back to their homes to yeah. kind of assess what's going yeah. on. But these are the people that didn't suffer. The main, yeah, the, the main, main flooding, yeah. Because I know some, I read somewhere that one person had said basically, like the Coldstream River was flowing right down the main street, mm-hmm. and they were saying that's basically where it's kind of supposed to flow. Mm-hmm. That I guess was the old riverbed. Yeah, well, they've got so many yeah. old riverbeds in Merritt. It's it's yeah. funny, funny it can, town. It yeah. can flow anywhere it wants. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yesterday I saw pictures of Princeton, and mm. I was shocked. Oh, I know. I was shocked. Yeah. Well, it's it's almost, to some extent, it's one of those things where it's unfortunate but true that the Internet and modern technology we've got, because, like, even Lytton this past summer, in the old days, like, even, say, 10, 15 years ago, when that fire went through and basically destroyed the town... It would have taken probably, what, two, three weeks before you were able to get pictures out of there. Mm-hmm. We, we were getting pictures online and in the papers and everything like the next day, just showing what it was like, and video. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to some extent, yeah, it's kind of nice that you can get the news that quick. But on the other hand, it really kind of brings it home. But uh, We are going to go to a quick break, and we'll be back with more after 9. The 2022 World Women's Curling Championship is March 19th to 27th at CN Center. Regular priced full event ticket package pricing has been frozen at the same price it was two years ago, with packages available for purchase online through curling.ca and at the CN Center box office. Other ticket packages will be going on sale this month. All fans, athletes, volunteers, and event staff will need to provide proof of full vaccination. The 2022 World Women's Curling Championship, March 9th to 27th at CN Center. The Grizzly Bear Foundation is continuing their fight to give orphaned cubs a second chance at life in the wild. Now is the perfect time to show your support. Donations through the end of the month will be matched with 100% of money raised going directly to help get orphaned grizzly cubs back to the wild. To make a donation, search for Project Rewild at CanadaHelps.org. For full details on Project Rewild, visit GrizzlyBearFoundation.com. Advocate Life and Education Services' Care for Women program is now Beyond the Bump. Beyond the Bump takes Advocate's Pregnancy Care Ministry to a whole new level, focusing on practical in-home support like cooking, cleaning, and community. 
Beyond the Bump is the village women need during pregnancy and beyond and is offered to the community at no cost thanks to the generous support of donors. For more information on the Beyond the Bump program, visit advocate.ca. Studio 2880 is once again offering youth day camps on non-instructional days off from school. Sign up for your child to get creative and learn how to make incredible art. The next camp is this Friday from 9 to noon featuring weaving wall art. Use paper, fabric, and ink to create design and texture in a few fun projects and learn basic knots and weaving techniques. That's the next Studio 2880 Youth Day Camp this Friday from 9 to noon. Registration is available through Studio 2880. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And we're back, and we've been taking a look at stuff that's further down the line, and Steve actually checked on it. I think, Steve, I'm going to take a wild guess. Did you actually listen to the ad that we just had about the World Women's Curling Championship and when tickets are on sale? <laughs> I, I caught when they are, yeah, when okay. it starts, which is the 19th. 19th of March. Mm-hmm. And so we know two things about that. Number one, the Cougars ain't going to be at home for a while. That's true. Yeah. And number two, hopefully we won't run into the same situation we did two years ago, where it was—I think it was the day before, wasn't it? It was—it was basically under twenty-four hours. Yeah, like the teams were here. The teams, some of the teams had been practicing already yeah. at the CN Center. Shut it down, and then all of a sudden the word came: "Yep, got to shut her down." So, but uh, so we will be keeping up with that, hoping to have an interview next week with somebody actually about the women's world because the tickets are now on sale. And the other thing that's happening right now, which may or may not influence it, and I've got to check with the whoever I'm talking to next week on this, is, of course, the Olympic qualifying tournaments are on right now as mm-hmm. well for Canadians. Mm-hmm. And I, the, I know we were talking when we talked earlier with somebody about the women's world and the fact that this was an Olympic year. There was a little bit of overlap, and I think it's the Olympics – overlap just onto the beginning of the women's worlds and so i think at that point even they were not sure uh whether there would be a conflict so in other words let's say jennifer jones wins the olympic berth does that mean that she basically has to say okay i can't compete at my scotties provincially because there's no way that i can curl in the world because they're going to be on at the same time as the olympics mm-hmm. I can't remember for sure, but that'll be something to keep an eye on and ask about. But as I say, yeah, so next week, don't know for sure which day yet. I'm going to say it'll probably be Tuesday or Wednesday. Would you agree with that assessment, Steve? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hoping to have somebody from uh, Curl Canada on to bring us up to date on what's happening with the Women's World Curling happening at CN Center in end of March, beginning of April. I think it's, a, well, actually, no, I think it, it's usually only a little bit more than a week, week and a half. But uh, everything sneaks up quickly. Yes. And I remember I did get a chance to go over there. And I had seen arenas doing this before because I was here when we had the Canada Winter Games. Mm-hmm. And I believe again, I th- no, I remember what it was. I've still got the shirt. The Road to the Roar, which was a qualifier to get to the Roar of the Rings, which was the Olympic qualifier. And I can't remember now what year that was, but I actually officiated. I watched a couple of games from way up in the rafters 
just keeping an eye on things and especially watching for coaches or players signaling for timeouts and letting the officials on the ice know about that. Mm-hmm. And then I did a couple of games where I was actually down on the ice and you've seen those people with their little sort of clipboard things where they've got all the little circles mm-hmm. that they move around. That was me. Oh, that's you. Yeah. And it, it it's, I don't recall, because that was some years ago now, I don't recall if I ever got called in on, okay, somebody kicked a rock or a rock moved that shouldn't have. Where was it? I don't recall that I was ever asked that question, but you've got to be fairly sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, I've watched them. I was watching one on YouTube where um, the Rachel Holman team was curling. And this was a couple of years ago. It was Lisa Wagle was still their lead. And she's sweeping a rock. And it's coming up on another rock. And she decides to take one more sweep, which she shouldn't have, because her broom got caught between the two rocks. Oh, no. <laughs> the two rocks bounce into each other. They both, you watch the replay, and they both sort of bounce off the ice a little bit. And this, of course, is what's called a burned rock, because her broom was in between. Yeah. And... She, uh, Rachel, and Jennifer and uh, Jennifer Jones was the other skip, and they and their two thirds as well sort of were consulting. Okay, was this rock here? And it's so nice to watch the two teams really you know, playing for probably a very important prize, whether it was money or a birth or something. And neither of them is trying to take advantage of the situation. Like I think in one case, Jennifer actually said, "No, I don't think that. I don't think our rock was that far." into the rings there. I think it was actually back a couple of inches. And so Rachel just very, very sophisticated measuring thing. She walked over and she sort of kicked the rock a couple of times. And she said, boat there? Oh, yeah, that's about right. That'll work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they and then they got those, they got the rocks in the house rearranged. And then they wrote, oh, yeah, we got the rocks out in front that we got to do too. And so they did those. And it took them a few minutes. And they <laughs> showed... They showed, because Emma Miskew was the one who had thrown the rock, mm-hmm. and they showed the replay, obviously, up on the big screen, and you couldn't see that, but as they did, they were showing Emma, because she's still out at the far end wondering, what in the world just happened? And you can see her looking up at the house, and her mouth and her eyes just both get really wide, and she goes, holy cow! <laughs> just bizarre thing. But, uh, well, it, it makes you wonder when they're coming back and they're sweeping and they're oh. jumping into the house and they're and yeah. oh. to watch them dodge the rock. Yeah, you know, or even oh. the person who's in the house calling the shots sometimes it has to back up. It's very and seldom. Know where the it's very seldom are. you see them move those rocks. No, no, it's very unusual when it does. But uh, as I say, I'm hoping that that sort of thing does not happen when the world women's are here. No. Although I'm sure they would still have, be able to communicate. Because mom and I always get a kick over. We're watching the curling, and it's at the Olympics or the World Championships. And you've got, say, um, China playing Sweden. And the player throws the rock, and the skip, who has been discussing, of course, the shot beforehand with her team in their native language, hurry hard! That seems to be the universal yeah. for, put, your, put some energy into the sweeping here, people. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard it from, as I say, I think it may have been the Chinese or the Japanese skip, and I was kind of like, what? <laughs> but again, it gets the point across Yeah, very simply. We are going to take another quick break and back with more after nine.
Theater Northwest will be returning to the stage for the 2021-22 season with a play based on a women's hockey team from the 1930s. Glory by Tracy Power is the story of the Preston Rivulets with several of the on-ice scenes set to swing music tunes from the era. It's a piece of Canadian history few are aware of. Glory is on stage at Theatre Northwest in the Park Hill Centre from February 4th to February 23rd, health orders permitting. Tickets for Glory, presented by Theatre Northwest, are now available through theaternorthwest.com. Does your not-for-profit organization foster an atmosphere for healthy and productive conflict? Conflict can bring forward new ideas and perspectives to strengthen an organization when it's approached with care. On December 7th, Vantage Point's Conflict and Challenging Conversations covers how to embrace productive conflict and develop key skills to resolve unproductive conflict. Registration and full details are available through thevantagepoint.ca. Conflict and Challenging Conversations, Tuesday, December 7th, from 9 to noon through thevantagepoint.ca. Free caregiving support groups are still available for family or friend caregivers of seniors. The online meetings take place the last Tuesday of each month at 6.30. A joint presentation of the Native Friendship Centre, Healthy Aging by United Way, Family Caregivers of BC, and your Council of Seniors. Free online family friend caregiver of seniors support group. 6.30, the last Tuesday of every month. Email bahfacilitator at pgnfc.com to take part. Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy today. Snow this morning changing to snow mixed with rain late this afternoon. Winds from the south at 40, gusting to 60 and a high of plus 1. Cloudy tonight with a 60% chance of showers this evening. Gusting south winds continuing, but temperature rising to plus 3. For Thursday, cloudy becoming a mix of sun and cloud. More gusting south winds and a high of 8. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And our school up the hill, as a lot of people refer to it, University of Northern BC, continues to grow and expand what they offer. Speaking this morning with Dr. Mauricio Gijek, and I'm hoping I came fairly close to pronouncing that correctly. Uh, good morning, Alan. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's Zizek, but uh, yeah. stick, stick to my first name and skip the doctor, please. Okay, so just Mauricio. Just Mauricio. Thank you. That makes it a lot easier. And now you are the chair of the engineering department up there, correct? Yeah, uh, it's, it's the School of Engineering, yeah. and I'm the, the chair, uh, newly appointed. It's the uh, wow. It's a new school, so I'm very uh, excited to be here. I've, I've arrived, in, arrived in Prince George uh, just uh, two and a half months ago. <laughs> wow. Now, where did you come from, and did you have snow? Well, I uh, I was living in Brazil. So uh, the city I, I, I lived in, is, which is my hometown, mm-hmm. we have snow maybe every 10, 15 years. Okay. But, <laughs> but nothing like we're seeing right now. No. Okay. Now... So but you, that's not a problem. I, I, I've lived in Toronto before. Oh, okay. So I'm used to the cold. Yeah. So now you're the new chair of the School of Engineering, which itself is new, and you guys have already brought in a new degree. Yeah, that's very good. Actually, the the school is new, but we've had a, a, a joint program in environmental engineering, a, a mm. collaboration with UBC yeah. since 2002. Wow. And it's just recently that the school has decided to to go for its solo programs. Mm-hmm. So a couple of years ago, we started with uh, civil engineering and environmental engineering. We're now on the third year of that. So 
mm-hmm. we'll have the full implementation of the undergraduate. Okay. And now I think there's also um, an, an, a wood design engineering oh, yeah. program in there as well, is there not? Yeah, that, that's a graduate program, world-class uh, Master of Engineering in Integrated Wood Design. There's a, a state-of-the-art uh, facility right downtown yeah. in Prince George, which uh, I think everybody knows as the WIDIC. Yes. <laughs> Wood Innovation Design Center, I believe. Exactly. Okay. And just, just across from, from it, there's a, a lower building, which is our laboratory. Okay. Which is uh, equipped for... Uh, uh, large structural testing. Mm-hmm. So it's a, 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 a one uh, one building that is, uh, let's say, maybe in a, well around sixty feet tall. Don't quote me on that. No. I'm just uh, recalling from visual memory. Yeah, and we can fit uh, tall structures in there and have uh, testing. So these people have been doing. Uh, have been developing uh, structural uh, novelties in wood and helping the local industry uh, for a while now. And now, the new one is, I want to see if I can, I've got the name straight here, Master of Applied Science and Engineering degree. So, what exactly does that mean? Okay, uh, that broadens our scope. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a Master of Applied Science as opposed to the one in Wood Engineering, which right. is a Master of Engineering. Mm-hmm. A, a Master of Applied Science is research-based, and it has a thesis in the end. Okay. Whereas a, a Master of Engineering has a, is a project-based. Mm. They're both graduate degrees, and they do uh, count for um, practical experience and professional uh, licensing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're different strings. And for us, the, the, the main point here is that with the Master of Applied Science, it's broad and it will encompass the entire engineering faculty. So we'll be offering uh, uh, research in areas other than wood. So all kinds of structures, geotechnical, geotechnical water resources, uh, all environmental issues, anything to do with any of the environmental media, air, water, and soil, pollution, uh, prevention, and remediation. So it's a, it's a wide scope of uh, areas that we, we can all tackle at the graduate level. So it's almost like an overarching degree in terms of it encompasses, to some extent, all of the other degrees. Exactly. Okay. At a higher uh, yeah. level. Now, how long has this been in the works? I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess and say they started it before you got here. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so I cannot take any credit for that, and mm-hmm. I'm very thankful to my colleagues. Mm-hmm. We, we, we actually had a, a, a meeting yesterday, and I was telling them that, that I'm not the only newcomer. We are, uh, <laughs> counting myself, we are six new people in the faculty just this uh, term. Wow. And, and we are still expanding. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'd like to acknowledge that uh, most of the work was put in by uh, my colleagues, professors um, Thomas Tanner, John Bingley, and uh, Asif Iqbal. Okay. They, they were the driving force behind the, the master's proposal, and that this has been in the works for maybe four or five years. Mm-hmm. There are many instances with the Ministry of Education, uh, 
at the university itself, uh, provincial uh, uh, steps that need to be taken. Yeah. And we just learned about it uh, a couple of months ago, and then the official announcement was made last week on the 16th. Wow. Now, you were saying you thought it was about four or five years. Is that about how long it normally takes to get a new degree program in place? We're hoping not, mm-hmm. because we we are now starting to work on the next level, which is a doctorate, <laughs> a PhD in, oh. in engineering. And we're, we're hopeful that we will have that in place in two, maybe three years. Okay. Because now we know the steps. Yeah. But this is all part of being a, a new school of engineering and learning how to do things. So now that we have learned it, oh. we're... Uh, we are hopeful that uh, it will not take as long. So now, as you were saying, it's a new school of engineering up at UNBC, and yet there's there's been a fair bit of engineering students coming out of there already, haven't there? Oh, yes. Uh, as I told you before, mm-hmm. we've had a, a joint program since 2002. Yeah. So if, if, if we go from... Since 2006, we have graduates. Yeah. Okay. And now, how many, like, in this upcoming, the end of this upcoming school year, so let's say June 2022 then, or April 2022, how many graduates will UNBC have in the different engineering programs? In the upcoming year, we only have uh, 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 a senior class in mm-hmm. the joint program. Okay. So from there, we're getting um, over 30 new new environmental engineers graduating. Okay. And then after that, the other numbers will start to build up as the other well, programs get to their senior years. Exactly. We're looking at a, a, at a full capacity of... Uh, Graduating in excess of 100 engineers every year uh, when we are uh, with our cohorts full. Uh, okay. Mauricio, we've got to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'd like to talk to you some more about engineering up at UNBC after sure. 9. On through January 2nd at Two Rivers Gallery, Reflections is a critical look at the past and future of their permanent collection. And now Two Rivers Gallery invites you to take part. Interact with the permanent collection by sharing thoughts and creating labels and hashtags in response to the artwork on display. What do you think an art collection in northern BC should look like? Stop by with your feedback today at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. The BC Schizophrenia Society has launched its Cannabis and Mental Health video. The video centers around questions regularly asked by youth across the province about cannabis, including the impact of cannabis on the brain and how it may affect those at risk of developing a serious mental illness. Visit bcss.org to watch the Cannabis and Mental Illness video. Go through the resources and find out how you can help share this information with the youth in your life. The entire family is affected when a parent or child has a mental illness or substance use problem. The latest issue of Visions asks how can family-centered care support everyone? Visions is a collaborative journal published quarterly by the BC Partners in Mental Health and Substance Use Information and funded by BC Mental Health and Substance Use Services. To read the latest edition of the Visions journal, visit the BC Schizophrenia Society's website at bcss.org. 
This year, 185 cleanups were hosted with over 4,300 volunteers joining in for the Great Canadian Shoreline Cleanup. OceanWise and WWF Canada staff, volunteers and partner groups pitched in from coast to coast. Not living on the coast? Not to worry. Cleanups can be done on the shorelines of any river, lake or waterway. Visit shorelinecleanup.org to discover how you can lead or join a cleanup on a local shoreline to be part of the solution. Get involved today. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. So Mauricio, the new engineering degree, Master of Applied Science up at UNBC, when is that going to actually get up and running? Is that something that you're looking at for like September of next year? It is already. Uh, uh, our uh, admissions are open. Okay. And we are taking students as soon as May of next uh, year. Okay. Uh, the the regular uh, start would be in September, but we have so many uh, people showing interest already <laughs> that we will be uh, admitting them so they can start their research. Mm-hmm. And we, we have engineers that have been taking uh, uh, master's degrees with our um, faculty in other programs at UNBC mm-hmm. that also want to transfer into those new masters because they are interested in having engineering in their diploma. Okay. And so they are transferring. So we'll, we'll have a, 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 a fair number of people in May yeah. and, then, and then a full cohort in September. Wow. So keeping track of the numbers is a little bit difficult because you got people starting in May, you've got a full class starting in September, and then you're going to have, after that, is most of it going to be September starts? Mostly, but uh, yeah. we, uh, as, uh, and UNBC does that as well. So there are January, mm. May, and September uh, okay. entrances. Yeah. And, uh, but most of the, the people uh, choose to start in September because... Mm. That's uh, it makes more sense from a, a course yeah. uh, selection point of view. Now, speaking of that, does this new Master of Applied Science and Engineering require any new courses to be offered up there, or is it basically it's the same courses but a different combination, if you will? Oh, it's definitely uh, going to have new courses. Okay. Uh, the courses we offer as a school of engineering are uh, at the undergraduate level at this point. Mm, yeah. So uh, we are we will be offering graduate only uh, courses, but this will also also bring some benefit to our undergraduate students because there are uh, courses that we can cross list, mm. and that means they can be taken either by an undergraduate or by a graduate student sitting in the same classroom. Uh, the difference there being that uh, the amount of work, the projects, and maybe the examinations are different for these two types of students. Okay, because the undergraduate obviously is not on the same track, if you will, as the graduate student, so things will differ a little bit. Exactly. Okay. Now, what what are you getting from the students who are already in the engineering program there? Like you were saying, you've gotten some students who are taking other, um, like master's degrees even, who want to transfer into this one. Are you getting a lot of interest from the undergraduate students in the engineering program already in terms of saying, yeah, that's where I want to get up to when I get there? Well, 
all, we have not uh, heard much from the undergrads mm-hmm. yet, mm-hmm. Mainly, be- mainly because it, it's getting close to exam time. Oh, okay. So, uh, They're kind that, of busy. That's their focus right now. Yeah. Yeah, but, no. uh, I'm sure that they will warm up to it. But, uh-huh. uh, they have still a, a year and a half of school to go because our, our uh, we have a, a junior class on mm-hmm. now. And right. they'll be seniors next year. So. Okay. Now, with the engineering programs, were these programs much affected by COVID from what you've been able to understand since you got here? Very much, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, and that's not... Uh, something particular to no. UNCC or Canada. Uh, schools all over the world have been affected. Yeah. And uh, uh, we've had to to run our classes um, online mm-hmm. all of last year. Yeah. This year, this year, thankfully, we're, we're face-to-face, and it's been working. We've, we've had only a couple of disruptions, and uh, nothing had to be canceled. Uh, one or two of our students did get uh, sick, and uh, but nothing, no. not nothing too serious. Okay. Thankfully. Yes. So, your your planning right now then is for everything to be back to, and again the old air quotes here, normal for the next semester. Oh yes, and things are already normal this semester. Mm-hmm. Now, how many new graduates will this, how many students will be in this new um, Master of Applied Science degree program? Our initial plan is to admit uh, around 30 students mm-hmm. uh, every year. Okay. And that um, that can vary a bit depending on our uh, capacity yeah. in uh, the faculty to act as supervisors. Mm-hmm. And on the grant availability to fund these students because most of the students would like to be funded. Uh, mm. A few of them are self-funded. Yeah. Now, with the engineering uh, graduates, is it the same because I know like the uh, Northern Medical Program likes to talk about the fact that the vast majority of their graduates stay in the north to work. Is the same true with engineers, or do they usually finish their courses here and then end up getting jobs elsewhere? Uh, right now it's a mix because we have a joint degree with UBC. Mm, yeah. So some some of our students choose to stay in the coast. Okay. And some choose to, to come back. Okay. But with our, with our solo programs and, and, and the master's, we hope uh, to to shift this to them staying because uh, I mean I've been here for a few months, but I've been uh, listening to, to <laughs> engineering colleagues uh, in, in the local industry that say that we do have a demand for for more people and yeah. and if if we manage to to get them to stay, it will be uh, uh, very good for the region okay. and also. Uh, the projects we develop as capstone for the undergrad and the thesis mm, yeah. uh, research that we develop is focused on, on solving northern problems. Okay. So with that, we hope to make a contribution to the region, mm-hmm. if, even if the students don't choose to stay. But usually, once they work in local pro- problems, they they are uh, they acquire such uh, value. That they are asked to stay, uh, and they end up staying. Okay. Dr. Mauricio Zizek, 
I hope I got it right again. I had to try it again. Um, the chair of the School of Engineering up at UMBC, thank you very much for bringing us up to date on what's happening with the new master's degree up there. Thank you, Alan. Okay. It was nice being here. Okay, and I'm sure we'll be in touch. Okay. So that'll about wrap it up for today's show. A couple of other things to mention that are happening this weekend. Uh, we spoke with uh, Colleen Van Mook from um, Downtown PG yesterday. And they've got their Plaid Friday coming up on, surprise, surprise, Friday. Um, the Festival of Trees actually starts that same day on Friday over at the Civic Center and runs until December 5th. And on Saturday, um, not outside, but it's inside here. Yes, Community Market Christmas Fair in the Q3 building. So right where we are, but not in the studio, I don't think. No. And that's running from 8.30 to 2, and they're going to be doing that every Saturday, at least until Christmas, and then we'll see what happens. And I know... Uh, that should be interesting. Yeah, and I guess they're doing fairly well already in terms of the number of vendors that they've gotten who are interested already in being in here. So awesome. that'll be good awesome. to see. Yeah, so that will about do it. Oh, um, one other quick thing to mention, as I do almost every day, of course, Marvelous Wonderettes. Still on up at Theatre Northwest until December the 8th. Of course, they are still restricted to the 50 people per uh, per show, unfortunately. And it is still snowing. It, it's a little lighter now. It's a little lighter, but again, the temperature, I believe, is still probably right around freezing. Mm-hmm. So be very careful, people, out there on the roads. Yes. Especially with Prince George. Watch out for hills. <laughs> Like the one I always notice, because again, I drive on a speaker a fair bit, mm-hmm. and if I'm coming from a speaker towards the downtown, I'll put it that way, when I cross by 22nd Avenue, there's lights there, but even if the light is green, I always slow down a little bit and keep an eye out, because that's a fairly steep hill coming down to the light. And well, to go up the hill, I use that speaker. I stay away from Peden yeah. Hill. No, no, I'm not talking about uh, Peden Hill. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about on 22nd Avenue coming down to our speaker. There's a bit of a hill there. Well, that one's that one's bad. I know. But it's a light now. So. It's a light, but even so, if somebody comes over the crest of the hill, even if their light was red to start with, in weather like this, I'm not absolutely certain they're going to be able to stop in time. So I'm going to slow down just a little bit and make sure they stop. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Trudy Classen. In Tomorrow is the host, After 9. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Echo Wiley, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is 93.1 CFIS-FM, Prince George, probably supported by Community Mind and Business.